listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Wherever you are in the USA, and I mean anywhere in the USA, whether it's Alaska or some island in South America or South American country or Puerto Rico or any number of nations, wherever you are on planet Earth, whether in the European Union, uh, perhaps you are clandestinely, bad English, sorry, uh, listening from a communist nation. You know, this ministry, Paul McGuire Ministries in Paradise Mountain Church, numerically in terms of staffing, we're a relatively small ministry. But you see, you don't, if you're going to evaluate a ministry and a ministry's impact, you don't evaluate it on the basis of false criteria. Now, let me explain what I mean. If the goal was simply to uh, hire a big staff and have big overhead and a big budget, but when the day is done, you haven't converted, transformed, or changed our world or individual, then I would suggest to you that your uh, criteria for measurement is seriously faulty. And that's what we have in the United States of America, especially. We have been caught up in this. American merchandising, American horror story, American, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's hoopla, it's promotion, it's, it's uh, what, when they used to analyze the Clintons, Bill Clinton embodied this, but, but he's not the only one. There have been numerous Republican, conservative, Democrat, liberal, leftist individuals who employ the same hollow uh, marketing analysis, where they confuse numbers like the amount of people, they confuse numbers with effectiveness and transformation. The two do not equate to the same thing. I have had the privilege in my life, and this is God's hand literally reaching down from heaven on my life on a continual basis, because I am not smart enough in and of myself to have ever been able to figure some of this stuff out and be in the right place at the right time so with, with such an uncanny frequency. And let me explain what I mean by that. The Lord led me to be discipled by some really savvy, smart, sharp, cutting-edge men of God and some women of God who loved the Lord passionately, but they were not content to, you know, uh, play church. So all of these men were cutting-edge men. They, they experimented. They sought the Lord. They looked for innovative ways to be effective in reaching and transforming people. I would say the common characteristic of all these people, by the grace of God, that I had an opportunity of meeting with and getting to know with, getting to know and, and working with all over the nation, the common characteristic of all of these men could be summed up in a, in a word that one of, I have a, a number of spiritual fathers. Jack Hayford, as you know, was probably my primary spiritual father, and he just went home to be with the Lord relatively recently. And I know I'll see him in heaven. Uh, we worked privately and publicly on a lot of ministry projects, and I am deeply thankful. I was a submitted member of the Church on the Way, an adjunct professor of Bible prophecy, 
ecclesiology, eschatology, ministry, preaching, evangelism, preaching and teaching, the Sunday night services, the Wednesday night services. Jack Hayford entrusted an enormous amount of power to me, which was an endless source of frustration. And I have to laugh, not out of, I'm not laughing out of arrogance. And I'm certainly not laughing out of, oh, I think I'm better than them. I'm not better than them. <clears throat> I just had different, um, I just had a big, big different exposure level uh, that they didn't have the advantage of. But Jack Hayford invested in me. And I remember because like when I used to do the uh, Paul McGuire show, and you know what? I knew it reached a, a massive amount of people seven days a week. I knew that for 10 years. But it wasn't until two days ago when I was listening to the governor of California make a speech live when he came right out and said, Newsom, Governor Newsom of California, when he came right out and said, and said, California is larger than the top 21 states of the United States. I didn't, I didn't know that. So the state of California, in terms of population and economy and everything else, is larger and more powerful than the top 21 uh, states in the United States. In other words, California is, is, is a megalith. It's a massive city that goes from uh, southern San Diego to the tip of Mexico, all the way up to the, the mountains of Northern California, where they have those hidden pot farms. Now. Um, so Governor Newsom said, California is so large that of the top 21 uh, nations in the world, we have a larger population and a larger economy than the top 21 nations in the world. That is massive, but I didn't understand that. Even when I was on the air, Broadcasting from KBRT in Los Angeles, California. The way it worked was um, I ultimately did a four hour or five hour live drive time show that blanketed every square millimeter of California from KBRT all the way up to the, like the Bakersfield border. And because at that time, I don't, I don't know what's happened since, but at that time, one of our broadcasting towers was on the island of Catalina. Now, what all the big shots and, this, and the, you know, the people who pretended to know everything but knew nothing, what they didn't understand is they were measuring uh, the power and reach of KBRT purely based on the amount of watts in our radio broadcast signal, which is a lazy analysis of the power of that station and the reach of the Paul McGuire show. The reality is, is because the broadcast towers of KBRT were located on top of the mountains on Catalina Island, there's a unique phenomena that occurred whenever we broadcasted, which was constantly. And this was the unique phenomena. We would broadcast from Catalina Island, where we had our broadcast tower, and our studios, of course, were across the United States, especially KPRT here in Los Angeles. 
But what would happen is when we broadcasted my show and any of the shows that were uh, broadcasting from KBRT, they, I, I, I'm not an engineer, so I'll tell it to you in like plain English. The, the AM signal would be broadcast from Catalina Island. It would bounce off uh, many square miles of the Pacific Ocean. And when the broadcast signal of KBRT from Catalina Island would slam against the uh, uh, broadcast signal potential of the Pacific Ocean, it would, for lack of better words, function as a hydroplane or an an extremely powerful amplifier, which would multiply quantumly the, the broadcast power of our signal. And you see novices or, or, or guys and girls who, who pretend to be advertising consultants but don't know their posterior from their toe, uh, they didn't understand. So translated in layman's terms, my program and other people's programs broadcasting from KBRT would hit every little town, every big town, everything from Los Angeles to Orange County to San Diego, to, the, to all the military bases, the naval bases, the huge uh, uh, areas of uh, military uh, camps that were lined up along the coast of, of California and go deep into, the, uh, uh, deep into the offshore areas. So anywhere, so, so you take KBRT, which was near John Wayne Airport, and you measure the signal, and even though it wasn't the most powerful signal in terms of wattage, because it interfaced synergistically with the Pacific Ocean, it became the most powerful broadcasting signal in the state of California, and just KBRT alone would would hit every square inch, every little town, every big town, every big city, wherever you were driving, in the desert, in the Mojave. I mean, you could not escape the ever-present signal of KBRT. And it would reach Hollywood and and Beverly Hills and all the so-called hard-to-reach places in the Hollywood Hills and, and, and canyons of Hollywood. Okay, so that means the Paul McGuire Report, then called the Paul McGuire Show, and other programs broadcast on KBRT, sat, saturated every town, every person, every car from Catalina Island to uh, approximately uh, northern Bakersfield up into the mountains. And then you know, there might have been a couple of miles where the signal would cut out. And before you could blink your eye, and if let's say you were driving in your car, you would not miss uh, any of the Paul McGuire show uh, broadcast or the other broadcast, because the minute you went out of the broadcast range of uh, KBRT, you came under the broadcast range of uh, KLTT, which was uh, Crawford Broadcasting's 100,000-watt powerhouse station that picked up from Bakersfield and covered 
every town, uh, every mountain, every car, San Francisco, above San Francisco, out into the ocean. So you take these just now. Now, we're just talking about two radio stations. And at that time, one of the most, I, I, I can't say it was the most powerful Christian network in totality. But I will say that because of the, the logistics and the unique positioning of the broadcast towers of KBRT and KLTT, those two stations together dominated the radio presence, the radio footprint of the Paul McGuire Report and other broadcasters that were on uh, Mr. Crawford's Crawford Broadcasting Network. And by the way, let me take this time, and if you know Don Crawford, please pass to him my my positive sentiments and my, my thanksgiving for working with him and being trained by him. Uh, Don Crawford is not your typical cookie-cutter Christian. He is a very, very smart man. And as such, he actually does make changes in our nation by not playing the fool. So say hello to Don Crawford for me, and, and please relay my, my deep thankfulness for his investment in my life. So anyway, um, we, there, was no, there is no, there was no radio station, radio stations, or radio talk show hosts that had the all-encompassing reach and impact that the combination of KBRT, AM740, and KLTT, which I think was AM770, it hit everything. There's nowhere you could escape. So the 10 years I was on Crawford Broadcasting, my program ended up playing seven days a week, most often, a minimum of four hours a day, Often during the weekdays and Saturday and Sunday, it wouldn't just air four hours a day. They would air my four-hour live interactive talk show program twice. So they would air it eight hours a day. So all the way from the tip of Northern California, and this includes a bombarding Silicon Valley and so many high-tech companies in uh, Northern California and San Francisco, and uh, Sausalito, and just endless. So, so my program and the other programs, let's just do the math again. We were reaching more people seven days a week than the top 21 uh, broadcast stations and broadcast markets in the world and the United States. Just the California stations alone reach more people, more cars, than the top 21 radio stations in the world and California put together. It was, it was a complete blanketing of the people's minds. You could, you could hear us anywhere because of the unique positioning of our, of our transmitters. And to this day, I constantly meet people all over the United States they email me as I'm doing the Paul McGuire uh, show. Uh, they order books. They come up to me and say, Paul, I've been following you for 30 years. I started following you when you were on KBRT in Los Angeles. I started following you when I was listening to you on my job uh, at one of the big Silicon Valley tech companies. 
And that's quite an honor. And and a friend of mine, a guy you probably know, uh, the the one of the on camera personalities for Skywatch, he and his wife, uh, a man and woman who, who loved the Lord, he had some job where he commuted uh, in in the St. Louis area. So for two hours a day, he would listen to the Paul McGuire show, uh, uniquely preaching the Bible, dealing with subjects like the Nephilim, etc. And he was starving for the truth, and he would hear me every day. And I can name thousands of people in a similar position. Now, why did I say that? What I said is that God's ways are not always the same as man's ways. So I believe that the Lord... I not believe. I know that the Lord supernaturally gave me favor, supernaturally opened doors, and the Lord knew, as well as the U.S. military, Northern Command, some of the most powerful generals and military bases, all located up and down Northern California, all located up and down Southern California, like the Mojave Desert, and um, all located. we would blitz all the military bases, the naval bases, the, the army bases, Navy SEALs, and on and on and on. And the U.S. military, I mean, really sharp people, I went out of my way to earn their trust so that they knew that the programming and the commentary I would be making over the radio, which saturated all these military facilities and the homes of military wives and soldiers and officers that are just inundated all by the Pacific Ocean near the the coast of Mexico. The military trusted me and allowed our signal to go into the military, to go into the families of the military, because they knew they would get uh, truthful but patriotic and motivational message. Not lies, not propaganda. They would get the truth, but not a truth that, that undermined the, truth, uh, the, the troops. And then as the power and, and the spreading of, of the Paul McGuire show continued, I mean, I had to deal with all kinds of things, such as uh, uh, South American drug cartels trying to jam our signal, but we we prevailed up until a certain point. Now, I left the company, well, I guess by now, quite a few years ago, and I went on to the internet, which I had planned to do uh, earlier on, and uh, this program now reaches all around the world. I just got a uh, letter from a guy saying he was listening to me. I had a huge audience in Vancouver, uh, uh, Canada. And other places. Now, one other thing I want to say: radio has enormous power. People don't realize that. Even today, radio has enormous power because back then, when I was doing it, you could only hear my program in your car. And and this is God's sense of humor and God's irony. How does Paul McGuire, a Christian, communicating a biblical worldview, how does he compete with these high-powered billionaire? corporations. How do I compete? Well, in and of myself, I can't compete. But 
with the Lord's grace and with the Lord's power, the Lord made a way where there is no way. And I was able to reach people everywhere uh, with a powerful message. And it spread across the nation. Now, at that time, the internet was just taking off. Well, my Paul McGuire report show was already on the internet. And then the, the, all the stations for Crawford Broadcasting went on the internet. And then we had the internet explosion. But you see, what you have to understand is I was the beneficiary of God's supernatural blessing in so many ways. And I'll give you a case in point. Whenever I would look out my office window in uh, Costa Mesa, not that far from Calvary Chapel with Chuck Smith, and he and I became good friends, and he became a guest on my radio program. Um, there's a weird quirk, and the weird quirk is all the way from the tip to the north of, to the very north part of Southern California, which is basically Bakersfield all the way down to the basic southern part, which is uh, San Diego, and then you're right there on the Mexican border, and down into Mexico. I had a huge audience of American Mexicans and Mexican-Americans uh, who were addicted to the program and, li and lived in Mexico and surrounding areas, and they could hear our program clear as a bell. Now, what happened was that uh, this gave us a unique window of opportunity where our signal had an exponential multiplied power where our audio and our signal was super strong. And uh, it had enormous impact. I would get movie stars coming back and forth from Mexico, rock and roll stars, hip-hop stars, pop stars. Sometimes they'd give their names, sometimes they wouldn't. Celebrity pastors. Some would hide, some would be on front. Whether you like uh, what's his name with the seeker friendly church or not, I will say this at least he had the humility to call my show and give out his real name and admit that he was a regular listener to the show. Because in fact, the overwhelming majority of the people in all these mega churches. I want to say this again. The overwhelming majority of all these people who attended these gigantic megachurches uh, located in Orange County, located like Saddleback and the Calvary Chapels, Mariners, and we could go on and on and on. The overwhelming majority of the people who attended these churches, they would go once or twice a week for like a one-hour, two-hour service. Great. More power to them. But the reality is, because California, Northern California and Southern California, is really, our freeway system is nothing more than a massive parking lot, a massive traffic jam, a massive bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic just about every minute of the day. Whenever you're on the freeway or look out the windows to the freeway, you see people crawling in their cars stuck in traffic. So, for example, I uh, lived in northern Los Angeles County, and I would make arrangements to travel to and fro back from the radio station to my home in northern uh, Southern California. 
and I would either do it by taking two separate commuter trains and God's supernatural power to protect me and keep me alive miraculously was was well at work. But let me just give you the, the airtight logistics. I would I had to have two cars. So one was kind of like a rundown car and one was my regular car. And I would use one car to drive from my home or the radio station to uh, the railroad station, like the main railroad station in Los Angeles. And uh, it would be six hours each way to commute to the radio station via Metrolink or one of the other railways. Because it would be three hours to the uh, Los Angeles train station. I forgot the name of it. And then you take that train to Orange County or San Diego, and that would be another three hours or five hours. So on average, plus taking two cars, it was like a seven-hour trip each day. Now, that was not such a bad thing because before I even got on the road, I was taking my three different Christian kids to three different Christian schools located in three different Christian geographic areas. And I was exhausted, but you could sleep just like you could in New York. You could sleep on the railroad train, and that would be my place of intercessory prayer and sometimes fellowship, and I'd lead people to Christ, and it turned out to be a blessing. Or if I took a car in and a car out, it would be also six and a half to seven hours each way. Now, what's my point here? This is just Southern California with a population that is massive. And it's cutting edge people. It's the future. But then when you would drive up to Bakersfield, you would, you would drive out of the uh, frequency range of KBRT AM 740. But then you would immediately, as you're going through the, the mountains and the caverns, of Bakersfield, uh, you would immediately come under a new umbrella of the Northern California uh, Crawford Broadcasting Station, known as KLTT, which covered every square inch of Northern California. So my program, the other people's programs, these just these two radio stations, KLTT and KBRT, hit every square millimeter of Northern and Southern California, and saturated California, a highly liberal state, saturated it with a biblical worldview, preaching of the gospel uncompromised, leading people to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, teaching and embedding a biblical worldview in people, dealing with controversial subjects in love from a biblically solid worldview, and we had we captured an audience by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me emphasize that if you took away the power of the Holy Spirit, plus a robust intellectual substance and news analysis, if you if you sucked that out of the program, it would have been hollow, trite, like so many Christian programs. So we hit it running. And I was not passive. This is, by the way, this little segue is not like, oh, this is bragging time for Paul McGuire. 
Paul McGuire doesn't need bragging time. I almost died in the last uh, four weeks. I was under some of the greatest attack physically, biologically, and I don't want to give the enemies of the gospel too much intelligence information about what happened. But let's just put it this way. It's highly possible. Well, this is a fact. Christmas Eve almost died. Yep, almost died. The only thing that kept me from dying was your prayers. Please never forget that. Prayer is not a joke. The only thing that kept me alive was your prayers and my prayers, but your prayers because it's multiplied. And I don't want to tell you too much, but I want you to know what's happening in this nation and around the world. There is an all-out war against the gospel, against the biblical worldview, against challenging communism, against challenging the global reset. There is an all-out war against anyone who chooses to speak the truth. Now, there are a number of people that you know and I know that were taken from this world in very questionable and suspicious ways that related to COVID, that appear to be unanswered, but there are many people who have received the answers to what really happened. I'm not talking about one. There's a whole number of people who know what know what happened and who ordered it. In fact, there was one particular individual who I respect and you respect who was almost killed uh, by this by 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 some kind of artificial weaponized COVID attack. And this individual is very resourceful. God protected him supernaturally, and he said on the air, in fact, I think it was uh, Doug Haggins' program, he said on the air that he, he had received and others had received the, the person in command who ordered the hit on him. Now, for crying out loud, what are we doing in an America where our own, our own, our own is ordering a hit? on people who want to support America, be patriotic, love their neighbor as themselves, pay taxes, why are they being ordered to be taken out? That's according to this gentleman's words. And I might add, in case somebody gets the clever idea that that there's only one person who has knowledge of who ordered the hit, you've got to realize that there's this is an all-important principle I'm sharing with you. It will save your life and the life, the lives of Christian leaders. According to this Christian leader, who I respect again, he said that he, through his sources, he got the name of the person high up who ordered the hit on his life. Now, I'm going to tell you that it's not just one person who has knowledge of who ordered the hit. That would be very foolish because then you would just go after the person who had that knowledge and that would be the end of it. No. Thankfully, God's people have been moving very strategically. And so that this information, which is nothing more than an insurance policy to keep God's people and God's leadership alive, 
a whole number of people know the name and names of people who are ordering hits. So that if somebody disappears, don't believe the strange concocted lies, stories, and fabrications. Recognize that even though you're being told it was an accident, it was a drug overdose, it was whatever it was, that those are lies. And that the reality is we have turned a dark corner in the United States where, where now people who tell the truth are being subjected to being ordered to be hit. That means taken out. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, you do. Okay. But what caused this man to survive was not only his knowledge of who his enemies were, and there are those of you that have additional knowledge. You need to disseminate that knowledge while at the same time protecting yourself, while at the same time not disseminating the knowledge exclusively to small pockets of people that can be eradicated. There's safety in a large number of people who know what really happened so that we can hold those people accountable. This is a life and death struggle. It's real. Okay, now, uh, there was another gentleman who was participating in a Christian conference, you know, that deals with Nephilim and all kinds of cutting-edge subjects. I'm getting this secondhand. Some of you probably know the story far clearer than I do. But from what I heard, this man, who I respect and I respect his teaching, because what he's teaching about, he's uncovering the hidden works of darkness. And he, he suddenly, mysteriously got COVID. And when he tried to sit up out of bed to get out of bed, and I guess get help or whatever, he started to sit up. And from what I heard, he had to lay back and collapse where he died. This is your brother and my brother in the Lord. There's something very, very wrong if your brother and my brother in the Lord is taken out for the crime of telling the truth about MKUltra and stuff like that. And a similar thing happened to the other gentleman. And then I can think of another man that you know, probably many of you know. And I know this guy personally. I know uh, his father personally. And uh, he died. And the official cover story was that he died from drug abuse. I personally, from the first day I heard it, did not believe that that was the entire story. I believe, I'm not saying that I know, I believe that it's highly possible that he was targeted for a hit, and so that when they would give the autopsy, it would give false information because the real chemicals that took this guy out, drugs that took this guy out, were not the ones on the surface. You got to be sharp, as wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Okay? We're in a war. So let me say this again. We are in a law abiding and peaceful war. We do not result in suicide missions. We do not resort to stupidity missions. And we always ask ourselves the question whatever we're involved in, whatever activity, whatever protest, First of all, it always must be done with impeccable uh, credibility, 
It must be done without reproach or scandal of any kind. It must be clean and totally in the light of the Lord. It must be honest, law-abiding, and truthful. Are we in agreement? We should be. If we're not in agreement, somebody's got a problem. This is the way of the kingdom of God. And, and ultimately, everything we do, our crowning guidance is that we, what we do, we speak the truth in love. We conduct ourselves in love. True Christianity is not a cult. We don't lie. We don't manipulate. We don't brainwash and the rest of that stuff. That's for the children of the darkness. You know, when you, there's very dicey things, okay? We understand that our military needs to have cutting-edge technology, not only in jet fighters and submarines and all the rest of that stuff, but our military also needs to be able to use cutting-edge technology in things like, um, uh, cutting-edge technology in things like MK Ultra, scientific mind control, so on and so forth. So, the, the critical thing here is that God's people are being attacked. So, anyone who humbly, in a law-abiding way, peaceful way, without compromising national security, without leaking our nation's secrets, by clearly demonstrating the fact that we are patriotic, loyal to the United States of America and to the officers who run the United States of America. That has to be impeccably understood by anybody examining what could be called born-again or evangelical Christians. And that's non-negotiable. We, as Johnny Cash said, we walk the line. We pick up our cross and follow Jesus. And everything we do comes from a position, philosophically, where we speak the truth in love. When we speak the truth in love, when we speak truth, knowledge is power. When we speak the truth in love, and when we speak in such a way that knowledge is power, and when we frame our arguments in a solid, truthful, biblical worldview, then God deposits in every one of our inner men and women the supernatural power of Almighty God. The supernatural power of Almighty God will not be deposited in your inner man or woman unless you come to the place where you're willing to lay down your life for Jesus Christ, pick up your cross and follow Jesus, allow yourself to be sanctified and cleansed by both the Spirit of God and the blood of Jesus Christ so that you become a purified servant of Jesus Christ. And we pick up the cross and follow Jesus, always remembering that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And that's how we win the spiritual war, which should, should remind us that we are indeed in a spiritual war. We're not in a carnal war. We're our, the, the, the energies that motivate us are not jealousy, selfish ambition, lust for power, lying, greed, and so on and so forth. Those are not the weapons of our warfare. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That means satanic strongholds. That means massively powerful structures, energy blockers, lie strengtheners, 
that are embedded in our hearts and minds and in the invisible realm and the physical realm in which we live. We are fighting an all-out battle. The greatest battle is the name of one of my recent books for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. We are waging all-out war. Now, this war shows up in very real places that we must be discerning of, and we must, in a spiritual, peaceful, military sense, co-opt any potential invasion of the camp of God, of God's true people. We must be willing to, to rise with, with, with an incredible speed and take down our enemies who seek to destroy us before they seek to destroy our children and grandchildren and the mission that God has called us to be on. Now, right now, and all I can tell you when I'm talking to you right now with the Word of God in my lap, a big Chuck Bible, and I, I, I visualize you, not in a New Age sense, my spirit man can see your spirit man and spirit woman in the invisible realm. I can't see you in a crystal clear photographic sense, but I have a supernatural heightened awareness of your presence, both male and female, as a supernatural member of the body of Christ. And I, Paul McGuire, a servant, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, I call upon you now under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, in all humility, I call upon you now under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and I command that the principalities and powers, the strongholds, the opposition, the demonic armies, I command you to be shattered, displaced, and crushed right now in the name of Jesus. And now, as David called upon you, as he confronted Goliath, as Joshua and Caleb called upon you, as they confronted the so-called giants, I and you stand together, not in our own strength, but we stand together under the anointing of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. And now at this moment, we take our position on the front lines of the greatest spiritual battle in the history of the world. And as we look up at the dividing line in the battlefield, we see this disgusting giant strutting back and forth, a Nephilim, whose name is Goliath. He's massive in physical stature. And he's strutting back and forth, initiating in spiritual warfare against the armies of God's people. And he's mocking them. He's taunting them, which is a spiritual strategy of Satan. He's taunting them. He's mocking them. And he's trying to intimidate them. And the overwhelming majority of God's people are petrified and in terror. And they're laying low and they're hiding and they're compromising God's word. But you and I are not of that breed of people. We're of the supernatural breed of David. Got it? So, the power of God has come down upon us right now. Yeah, it has. The power of the Holy Spirit has come down upon us now. Yes, it has. And we are rippling with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which means the supernatural strengthening of the Holy Spirit. And I can feel it like, like, like an electromagnetic frequency uh, uh, 
getting more intense and vibrating with ever-increasing intensity as we absorb the agape power of God from everything around us, including the throne room of God. Now, totally without fear, because when we allow the Holy Spirit to move through us, fear is completely gone. So totally without fear, we look up at Goliath, who's taunting the armies of Israel, and supernaturally, out of our inmost being, we look up at Goliath, and we thunder from our inner man or woman, as we look into the eyes of Goliath, how dare you defy the armies of the living God? How dare you defy the armies of the living God? And at that moment, there's a paradigm shift in the physical realm and the spiritual realm. And, and, David, and, and David takes his slingshot, which is not conventional spiritual armor. He takes his slingshot with one smooth stone. He flings his smooth stone, and it lodges itself in the forehead of the giant Goliath, who collapses before the armies of Israel. And collapses before uh, the armies of uh, the Philistines. And there's this huge thud as the giant Goliath collapses to the ground because the, because the smooth stone lodges in the center of his forehead. That's where his occultic third eye is, by the way. And David in front of the massive armies of the Philistines and the massive armies of uh, God's people he marches to Goliath in front of all the armies of Goliath, and he takes Goliath's sword from its sheath. He grabs the hair of Goliath, and he yanks Goliath's head up, and then with his muscular arm, he takes the sword and he beheads Goliath, not for the purpose of sadism, but for the purpose of establishing the finality of victory. And he holds up Goliath's bloody head by its hair, and he walks back and forth on the elevated earth, and he shows the, the, the armies of Syria, including the king of Syria, what has now happened to their champion. Their champion has been beheaded. Their champion has been defeated. And now, a paradigm shift. The armies of Syria, the king of Syria, are now struck with such terror and such fear that they run for their lives, including the brother of Goliath. They run for their lives as they see Goliath's bloody head. And they know that what has defeated Goliath's bloody head is not physical superiority. What has defeated Goliath's head is faith in the supernatural almighty power of God. In other words, power from on high. David is clothed with power from on high. As such, he is unstoppable. He is unstoppable. And now the armies of Syria flee for their lives. And the armies of Israel now pursue. And later on, we see God is not finished with this battle. Because you see, here is the over, overarching spiritual truth which is this. Abraham, God Almighty, made an everlasting covenant with Abraham 
to give the physical land of Israel into the hands of the children of Israel by faith. So now uh, Joshua and Caleb have conquered Canaan, which is later renamed the land of Israel. And the giants in Canaan, remember Canaan is packed, packed, packed with Nephilim, Rephium giants, because Canaan is a land that has been defiled, and it is the product of interspecies mingling between the corrupted DNA of the fallen angels, thus Goliath and Goliath's uh, brother, and the DNA is corrupted, and they're slaughtered. Now remember, Canaan is physically in proximity with um, the land of Israel. Canaan is not that far from Mount Hermon, where the fallen angels descend upon Mount Hermon and give to the, the armies of men and women, the, the fallen angels give them fallen angel technology, fallen angel DNA, fallen angel genetics, fallen angel sciences, fallen angel uh, technology, and reproduction, and art, and metals, and makeup, and all kinds of advanced technology has been given to the children of Israel on Mount Hermon. And you also read about this in the Book of Enoch. So, God's people, what, what is it? What is it? that causes God's people to receive the fullness of the supernatural anointing of the Holy Spirit? What is it that gives God's people power from on high, clothes them with power from on high, to such an extent, to, with such overwhelming force, that uh, the armies of God, one of the things that happens and, and most Christians don't understand this. I'm going to share with you a secret of victorious battle. Most Christians do not understand the fullness of this truth. I'm going to share with you the fullness of this truth. And it will change your life forever. And so here's the fullness of the truth. When power from on high comes upon you, and I write all about this in my book, Power from on High, or when you are clothed with power from on high, and I write all about this in my book, Power from on High. You receive power from on high, you're clothed with power from on high. You have the supernatural power of God. You're not operating on mere natural power. And so now, um, what most Christians don't understand is that along with a baptism of the Holy Spirit or an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which infuses you with power from on high, Along with those things, the Lord releases power from on high, or being clothed with power from on high, the Lord releases it into your life. So you are no longer a mortal man or a woman. You are a man or woman who is now clothed with power from on high, so that you're more than victorious in Christ Jesus. You're clothed with power from on high. And now, when you move forward, because of the fact that you have been clothed with power from on high, 
because of the fact that you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and have received power from on high. Because of those facts, there are additional facts that you must receive. You can't just like play church and ignore them. So here are the additional facts and benefits. When you receive them by faith, you will be unstoppable. The devil will not be able to stop you. You will be unstoppable. So here's how it plays out. You are clothed with power from on high. You're walking under the power of the Holy Spirit. And now you can move out by faith. But in this spiritual transaction, when you humbly present yourself before the Lord by faith, asking him to clothe you with power from on high. When you do that, the Lord then additionally revives you and infuses you with the supernatural power of Almighty God. This affects a supernatural transformation in your perception. Your perception becomes enhanced at a quantum level. Your faith becomes enhanced at a quantum level. Your intelligence, reasoning, mind of Christ, thinking, all becomes enhanced on a quantum level. And now, because you have been enhanced on a quantum level, on a multiplicity of levels, you are now more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So what happens is, your ability to perceive, your ability to analyze, your ability to use your cognitive abilities, your ability by faith to access the mind of Christ, your ability to use all your talents, gifts, and ability, abilities by faith, they are now all activated by the supernatural power of God and that all-important mustard seed of faith. Praise the Lord. So, now we go into the future. And we see that the children of Israel, going back in Genesis and going uh, through the historical record of God's people, we see battle after battle. We see Daniel engaged in spiritual warfare, fighting the king of Babylon and his occult advisors. We see Joseph being promoted to the right-hand man of Egypt, given a signet ring and a chariot and supernatural wisdom. And we see, listen carefully, please listen carefully, the vast majority of the church today in America and the world is just beginning to dip their toes in this, and we have to be patient with them. We can't write them off. We must surrender our pride and our arrogance, and we must reach out to our brothers and sisters in Christ and lift them up into a higher level of faith. And as we serve them, by lifting them up to a higher level of faith, the flood of the Holy Spirit will fill them and renew them. The Word of God says, for the enemy may come in like a flood, but the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against them. So momentarily, it may appear like the the enemy may rush in or come in like a flood. But as we continue on by faith, uh, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, will raise up a standard against him. In other words, when God's people are attacked like a flood, God will raise up his warrior men and women by faith 
and defeat the power of the adversary, defeat the demons and the hierarchy of demons and the fallen angels and so on and so forth. Now, this is powerful stuff, man. And I don't know about you, but I can feel it's not a tingling. I can feel I can feel what what experientially feels like electrical waves of divine power moving through my body, soul, and spirit, but the but but the release force of this of these electrical waves of supernatural power has everything to do with the fact that I'm placing my mustard seed of faith into the hands of God, and I'm calling upon you, Jesus. So let's call upon Jesus together. We are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the dark unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So the Bible says where two or more of us agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, we come together in prayer right now. Praise your name, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. We, we unite and unify in the prayer of the Holy Spirit and the love of the Holy Spirit, God. Praise your name, Jesus. And together in unison and unity, biblical unity, not false ecumenical unity, in biblical unity, we, we all at the same time mouth the words Jesus. So say it with me. Say it together. Jesus. 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 We praise you, Jesus. Let's do it. Offer to God the, the, the thanksgiving, the, the praise of thanksgiving. We praise you, Jesus. We magnify your name, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We lift up our hands before you, Jesus, and declare praises to you. Now, Lord, as we are in this posture of humility and this posture of prayer, we are coming boldly into the throne room of grace. And as we praise you and as we worship you, Lord, we can sense a shaking in the atmosphere, a shaking under the ground by which we stand, a shaking in, in multiple dimension as, as we faithfully continue to praise your name, God. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Jesus. And Lord, we are cognizant by faith. We are aware by faith, Lord. We can see with the eyes of our spirit, Lord, large armies of spiritual darkness being led by Lucifer and the fallen angels. We can see it with our spirit man and spirit woman. Praise your name, Jesus. And we continue to stand our position and praise you and worship you, Jesus. We praise you and worship you, Jesus. Praise you and worship you, Jesus. As we stand fast, God, praise your name, God. Now, Lord, we stand up in the congregation. We pull out the sword of the Spirit. We pick up the shield of faith for which we shall quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We pick up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, and we bind Satan from our household. We render the principalities and powers harmless and ineffective against us in the name of Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Okay, let's stand up in faith. Stand up in faith, or, or sit up in your chair in faith. Right now, at this second, at this nanosecond, as we come together in unified prayer, cleanse your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, cleanse our heart of all unbelief. Cleanse our heart of all double-mindedness. 
cleanse our heart of all uh, remorse or fear, God, in the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, and sanctify us, God. Sanctify us, God. Praise your name. Okay, so we're the army of God, and we're now standing together or kneeling together in prayer. Now you're going to see a miracle explode in your life, in the life of your ministry, in the life of this earth. You're going to see an explosion of Holy Spirit reality. This explosion is composed of the dunamis, which means the dynamite explosive power of God. So we are two different armies, darkness and light, and we're colliding on the battlefield. But remember, we as children of the light, we as children of the light are going to allow the the dunamis, the, the detonation, the detonation explosive power of God that will disintegrate the strongholds, allow us to occupy the land, allow us to set the captives free, and allow us to bring in the last day soul harvest, and hear me now, hear me, and allow us to turn the tide of the spiritual battle in America, the European Union, and across the earth. And as we rouse ourselves together in faith prayer based on faith in the Word of God, Lord, we declare before the heavenly host right now in the name of Jesus, we say that we shall and are turning the tide of the spiritual battle right now. So we turn the tide of the spiritual battle. We turn the tide of the great reset. We reverse its direction. We command the great reset to disintegrate, to rupture. Uh, We command them to pull out their swords and destroy one another. We command their illicit sources of funding to be exposed. We, We command them to be caught in their own traps in every way. And we ask God in the name of Jesus that you would extend our victorious time on earth so we can completely fulfill your mission. Praise your name, Jesus. So let's just pray. Praise your name, Jesus. Glory to God. Father, we thank you right now for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We open our hands uh, far and wide, and we receive and drink in the rivers of the living water. We, We thank you for the anointing that comes from heaven, the anointing that's poured out from on high right now in the name of Jesus. We take out the sword of spirit where we may uh, annihilate the enemy. Praise your name, Jesus. Now, God, right now in a nanosecond, we fix ourselves to your power. So, Father, right now in a nanosecond, we lock our hearts, our minds, and our inner beings. We lock it in to you and your infinite resources, God. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name. God. Right now, in Jesus' name, let there be the detonation of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Let there be the dunamis explosion of the power of Almighty God right now in Jesus. Lord, let it explode with heavenly violence, God, leveling the strongholds of Satan, God, in Jesus. Praise your name. And we declare to you, God, that your remnant is rising in power. Your remnant is rising and multiplying in power, God. We praise your name, God. And as we praise your name, God, we we know that the earth is shaking. As we praise your name, Lord, we know that the earth is shaking. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name. Now, Father, we thank you 
for the dunamis dynamite explosion of the Holy Spirit, which levels every stronghold, every obstacle in the name of Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name. Thank you, God. Praise your name, Jesus. Now, Lord, activate the mind of Christ in us. Give us your supernatural strength. Release your dunamis. Give us the power to take down the dragon, the serpents, and the enemy. In the name of Jesus, praise your name, Jesus. And Father, we say before you and the heavenly hosts, as we, as we are the armies of the living God, we praise your name, Jesus, and declare to you we are the armies of the living God, and we will not turn back, but we will stand triumphantly. Let me read something to you in Ephesians uh, 6. And we, we, we walk in this, God. In Ephesians 6, um, it says, verse 10, Finally, my brother, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil, the strategies of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist and truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the uh, preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit and the word of God. Um, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful, to this end, with all perseverance and supplication in the saints. So praise your name, Lord. We stand wearing the full armor of God. Now, Lord, as we praise you and as we worship you, we know that right now you have commanded us to occupy until you come. And we're doing that faithfully, and as we do that faithfully, you are infusing us with power from on high. But now, Lord, we go into the book of Revelation, and we recognize that we uh, are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the global reset and those that serve Lucifer are attempting to put together their one-world government, their one-world religion, and their one-world economic system, and their wireless uh, hive mind chip or nano chip uh, and other technologies, mark of the beast technologies under the rule of the Antichrist and the false prophet. So, now, we are confronting the Babylonian world system. And in that confrontation, here's an all-important passage. In, in Revelation, uh, in, in Revelation um, 19, verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, that's Jesus, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True and in Righteousness, 
he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one could know except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And his and the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on a white horse on on, on a white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it a two uh, it should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself will tread at the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The beast and his armies defeated. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that you fly in the midst of heaven. Come and gather together for the supper of the great God. So here in Revelation, we read there's two great suppers. This one, the supper of the great God, is that these horrendous birds are going to devour and eat the flesh of the earthly kings, the earthly captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free, slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, their armies gathered together to make war against him, who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, by which he discovered those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image, those who were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who ate on the horse, and all the birds uh, were filled with their flesh. This reminds me of a movie that goes back a number of decades. I think it was shot in black and white, maybe one of the first color movies. It was directed and written by the famous horror director. Uh, his name just slipped my name, forgive me. And the name of the movie was, it was a terrifying movie. It was called The Birds, The Birds. And this famous horror director with an English accent and a bald head, most of you know his name. I just happened to forget it. Uh, this woman was attacked by the birds. These birds were like demonic birds, and they pecked and ate and killed the humans that were trying to survive. It was Alfred Hitchcock, the English director. So whenever I read this passage, which most Christians miss, I read the story of these birds, these demonic birds. And it reminds me of that movie, The Birds, by Alfred Hitchcock, Sir Alfred Hitchcock, when he was attacked by these vicious birds. And then it says, um, And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on a horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured with him, the false prophet who, who worked with signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worship his image, those who were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. 
So in this horrific thing, these birds are going to devour the flesh of those that need to be judged. But here's the critical thing. That's, that's one. This, this dinner is called the Supper of the Great God. This is not to be confused with the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is a celebration. And it's a celebration of victory. Those are two different dinners. Now, behold a white horse. So Christ comes back on a white horse, um, along with the armies of heaven. And he descends upon the earth. Verse 4, and I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the, and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Praise the Lord. So this is what's happening. And then there's the great white throne of judgment. And that's really simple. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and your sins have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and if by faith you have chosen to be born again, your name is written into the book of life and you will be guaranteed to be born again and guaranteed to be, to be received by faith into heaven for all eternity. So the first thing God's going to do at the great white throne of judgment is to check out whether or not your name is written in the book of life. Now, you will not be invited to show up at the great white throne of judgment if God already knows that your name is not in the book of life. You will find yourself not going to the great white throne of judgment. You will be sent to uh, the lake of fire, and you will spend all eternity in the lake of fire. You will never make it to the great white throne of judgment. Now, this is not to be confused with the great, uh, this is not to be fused, to be confused with the, with, with the judgment that occurs uh, to the saints. That judgment is, God's not judging the saints on the basis of whether or not they're going to go to heaven. If they receive Christ by faith, they're guaranteed 100% to go to heaven, and all your sins are cleansed by the blood of Jesus if you receive that forgiveness by placing your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. But if you reject God's free provision of having all your sins cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and you absolutely, in your pride, insist upon being judged by God, by your works, by your legalism, by your self-righteousness, then I you better wake up, because it's, where you're going is hell. Verse 15, and if anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, the only way you can have your name written in the book of life is to put your faith in God's free gift of salvation and become born again. Then you're guaranteed entrance in to the book of life and into heaven. Uh, but, however, if your name is not found written in the book of life, you will be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. So, it continues on, but I wanted to share this with you. Why did I share this with you? It's because you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report, and every day that we 
share the Word of God, the Word of life together. Every day I share with you, uh, I believe, what is a unique interpretation of uh, current events and Bible prophecy and the Word of God. Every day that passes by, we are getting closer and closer and closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, where God's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And those that put their faith in Christ for forgiveness through the blood of Jesus will be sent into heaven forever and ever. And those who reject uh, Christ's free offer of salvation, your name will not be in the book of life, and you will be sent into the lake of fire forever and ever. This is very simple. Now, I have this to share with you. Time is running out. If you look at my brand new book, you will see. You, By the way, you're going to notice that in my newer books, some of my past books, articles, and messages, you're going to notice. I'm not doing this to be cute. I'm not doing this to be gimmicky. But you're going to start to notice that I'm using uh, symbols of solid biblical truths. So let me restate this. I am not substituting solid biblical truth for symbols. But what I'm telling you is, you will find me using symbols, and um, in my writing, there will be the message, and then on a more subtle level, there will be the message restated. Now, you say, well, why are you doing that? Once again, I'm not doing that to be cute or gimmicky or for some PR stunt. I am doing that because the, the censorship coming against us, the war against truth, is growing every single day. And it is their goal, the enemies of the gospel, it is their goal to shut down completely the preaching of the gospel in every way they can. Now, there's two ways to defeat that. One is to do an end run around their efforts, but the other is to do what Christians have done in communist countries and other countries throughout history. And that is, don't, we don't intend to allow ourselves to be censored, and within the parameters of solid Bible teaching, solid Bible teaching that rests totally on the Word of God, we are going to begin to embed, let's just call it double messages, symbols, and other things that if you're prayed up and walking with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden you're going to be reading or hearing me say something, and it's going to be very subtle. And you're going to say, gee, did he say that? And then you're going to contemplate it, and you're going to realize that I embedded a message, let's say, on salvation or what's happening in our country or whatever, that I deliberately and strategically embedded a message so that you, the reader, anywhere in the world, will be able to, all of God's people who have the Holy Spirit in them, you will be able to decipher what the message is. This way, I can communicate to you the vital message of the truth without being shut down by the censors and those that hate the gospel. So this is the only time I'm going to give you a heads up regarding this plan. I've sought the Lord a lot about this. There's, the body of Christ is under all-out assault, too many attacks. So I'm going to begin to communicate my messages 
with embedded messages. Again, not to be cute, not to be gimmicky, not for promotion, and none of these embedded messages will depart from the 100% integrity of the Holy Scriptures. They're just a way of tightening up the messages and letting them pass through unhindered by the demonic gatekeepers. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that began a while back, and I'm continuing it onward. So don't blow, (laughs) please don't blow the code. I know that sounds weird. I don't know what else to say. Don't blow the code. I'm giving you stuff in plain English. I'm giving you stuff in symbols. And I'm giving you stuff in code. Not a weird occultic code, a biblical code. Okay? I'm giving you tangible, powerful truth that you can use. But I can't allow the devil to to take it out of your hearts and minds before it reaches you. Now, to every Christian, I should say this. If you're not prayed up, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're not seeking the face of God, and the Holy Spirit isn't talking to you regarding stuff, then you're going to miss your opportunity to receive these messages. You're going to miss your opportunity uh, to, to hear the Holy Spirit say, hey, hey, wake up. He's saying something here. You need to reread some of this. Um, this is not to be cute. This is not about games. This is about, this is what the church had to do in every secular age where the spirit of Antichrist began to rise and viciously persecute, murder, imprison Christians, whether it's Nazi Germany, communist China, communist Cuba, or wherever. Christians in those nations, and that would include Jews in some of those nations, Christians and Jews in some of those nations had to learn how to speak not only biblically, but to speak in a kind of biblical code that if you have the Holy Spirit alive and active in you, you will be able to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Again, this this is not to be cute and gimmicky. There's just too much of that. You know, there's a lot of people running around. I'm not going to name their names. You know who they are. And they were, you know, playing all these mind games during the last election. And the vast majority of what they had to say was not only not true, it was a lie, and it anesthetized the people of God. It put them asleep when they should have been roused to action. Paul McGuire promises you not to put you to sleep, but to rouse you to action. That means the only way you're going to be able to capture these messages and understand them is to be walking in a vital electrical, by that I mean the Holy Spirit, a vital electrical relationship between you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And as you walk with Jesus step by step, you will know what to do, you will know where to go, and you will know what to say. There are things coming down upon the horizon that that, that I have sought the Lord as Solomon sought the Lord. I have cried out to God, and God said, what do you want me to do for you? And I'm not claiming to be Solomon, by the way, but I chose to answer God like Solomon before he backslid. And I said to the Lord, Lord, give me wisdom so that I may lead thy people rightly or guide thy people rightly. 
And then uh, he said, God said to Solomon, what else can I do for you? And, and, and Solomon, before Solomon could answer, God said to Solomon, uh, because you have asked me for wisdom to lead and guide my people in the last days, and you have not asked for wisdom for yourself or riches for yourself, says the Lord. Because of that, says the Lord, I am going to give you not only wisdom to lead my people, but I'm going to give you wisdom and wealth, which you did not ask for, so that you can fully lead and guide my people in the last days. So God honored the heart of Solomon when it was still right with him, and God made Solomon the wisest and the richest man who ever lived and gave him supernatural insight. Again, I'm not equating myself on the level of Solomon. I'm Paul McGuire, but I got to be the best Paul McGuire in Jesus Christ that I can be. And I need you to know that when Solomon went out, what the riches and all the wives that he gave Solomon, despite Solomon's great wisdom, knowledge, and power, Solomon allowed himself to be corrupted by occult religions, satanic religions. He married too many foreign wives who seduced him into uh, occult rituals. He participated, Solomon participated in human sacrifice and child sacrifice up on the high places above Israel, where because of Solomon's reprobate wives, Solomon actually participated in murderous blood child sacrifice. Solomon built statues to idols. Solomon departed from the ways of God. And Solomon, who knew better, who once was the richest man in the world and the most powerful man in the world, Solomon compromised and he opened the door uh, that, that allowed the, the hardcore occult priests and occult prostitutes and immorality to, to invade his nation. And Solomon was responsible for the influx of Baal worship, where, 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 where Jews actually slaughtered their babies before statues of Baal and committed acts of sexual immorality, drank their blood, and heated them up and burned them alive in white-hot fire. You know, there were a lot of people in the United States of America today and in the past that God gave great power to. I'm not going to name these names definitively, but I'm going to ask you to ask yourself a question. I was a big fan of Ronald Reagan in many respects because he was a conservative. But like Solomon, I have some serious reservations about Ronald Reagan because he participated in Bohemian Grove celebrations at the Bohemian Grove outside of San Francisco, where presidents and prime ministers and the super wealthy would gather around this gigantic owl statue, uh, which was a representation of Baal or Chemosh, and they would have sexual sin, child sacrifice. They say they didn't have child sacrifice. They said it was just imitation child sacrifice. Well, you look at the video. And many other men, the most powerful men in the world, would gather. Kissinger, they would gather at the Bohemian Grove and participate in satanic sacrifice, sexual immorality, 
Baal worship, Ashtoreth worship, uh, orgies, uh, uh, all kinds of stuff. So what we have in the United States of America today at the very top in government and business and commerce and politics and the military to the very bottom, we, we have left the doors open out of our negligence and we have allowed a flood of ungodliness to, to raise up occult religions, demonic religions, and we are following the doctrine of demons rather than the word of God. The time has come for you and I to turn that around. We need to recognize that it's a complex issue. It's not always black and white, so don't do something stupid. But we need to turn this around. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. You need to get yourself a copy immediately of my brand new high-voltage book, uh, Power from on High, where I deal with everything we're talking about, but I deal with it on rocket fuel. And it's up to the second in its analysis of current events. Tells you where America's going and what we can do. What we can do besides sit on our tushes. Let me read you something that Ian Rand wrote. I quoted her in my book, Power from One High. Because she got it more than most uh, Christians got it. So in chapter 27 of my book, Power from One High, it says, Ultimate Inversion, Two Paths to the Future. Okay, so let me read a quote from Ian Rand that I put in my book, Power from One High. We are fast approaching the stage of the ultimate inversion, the stage where government is free to do anything it pleases, while its citizens may act only by permission, which is the stage of the darkest periods of human history, the stage of rule by brute force. Ian Rand, author of Atlas Shrugged. You need to understand she's not an alarmist. She did her homework. She's an intellectual, and she's telling you what's gonna ha- what is happening now and what will happen in the future. And then I have a chapter in my book which says, You have been given the power to change and create the future. The artist is more powerful than the, or than the politician, unknown philosopher. Dear God, I pray every day of my life since I've accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I have prayed that the Christian church and pastors and and young Christians, I have prayed, I've cried after God, that God's people would get a revelation in the last days that we have been given the power to change and create the future. And that God's people would get a revelation that the artist is more powerful than the politician. See, Christians don't have a revelation that the artist is more powerful than the politician. So we're forever pursuing purely exclusive political means to to initiate transformation. That's good. That's very important. But if you're going to ignore things like the power uh, that the artist is more powerful than the politician, we're going to lose the long-term battle. There's a passage in the uh, in a, a translation of the Bible which says this: uh, "Strike up with all your art uh, and shout in triumph." That means take take your art, technological art, computer art, violins, guitars, music, poetry, filmmaking, television, whatever. You're in a spiritual battle. 
Don't sit there picking your nose. Strike up with all your art. All your art means all your art and not part of your art. And shout in triumph. That means victory. That's that's exactly what um, uh, when when they marched around Jericho and they blew the trumpets and the worshippers played the, the, the musical instruments. They shouted in triumph before they invaded, and the walls of Jericho were hit by a electromagnetic frequency generated by the worshippers, and the walls, the fortified walls of Jericho. Uh, shattered and collapsed, and God will do that for us. Okay, God will do that for us. And then in my book, Power from On High, I'll just leave with this. I have a chapter entitled "Synthetic Human Beings or Synths." Currently, genetic and DNA scientists can create an artificial man, a synthetic man whose DNA was created by man or by scientists in the laboratory. Now. You probably have seen those pictures that I have seen that are monstrous and horrific. I've seen pictures of enormous pictures of pigs, big, disgusting pigs, with a fully lifelike human head surgically attached to the enormous body of a pig. It is grotesque. It is dehumanizing. But this is what transhumanism has in mind for the human race. So, uh, these man-made genetic human beings with artificial DNA do not trace their lineage, genetics, or DNA back to any human sources, synthetic human beings, or synths. The other type of men and women who are alive today are real or 100% genetic human beings whose genetic lineage or DNA goes back to the biblical God. God created man in his own image and female, and he created them. Okay, so this is where we are. We're moving quickly with the advent of artificial intelligence. And one more thing. I mean, I have so much to share with you. That's why you need to get a copy immediately. Please, you know, you're going to contact me. We will be out of print because they're going faster than we expected. And, yeah, you're going to get your book. But you're going to wait longer than you should. We're, right now, I have them in stock, ready to go. We send them two days. By the way, I, I, have, re, I have revamped our foreign sales. At the present moment, I am continuing a certain percentage of foreign sales. Uh, the reason I have to pull back is we were losing about $90 per multi-book order on foreign sales. Okay, which which means not only were, not, were we not gaining money, we were losing about ninety dollars, seventy dollars per sale. You say, well, why do you do that? Because the purpose of this is not money; it never has been. It's the spreading of information, the spreading of information. But at a certain point, I can't do that, and then this is why I need your prayers. Mysteriously, when I was tired last night. And I was working with somebody who was equally tired because we were involved in about 10 different projects at once. I'm just about to send out uh, a, a Power From On High book order, and, and, and everything's about ready to go. And then all of a sudden, because I'm tired, you know, when you're tired, you don't get dull. 
Well, it turns out that this this order, this book order uh, to Paul McGuire Ministries is coming from a nation called the Republic. Let's see, the nation um, is they 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 ordered some books. They primarily ordered uh, power from on high, and the order was from a nation and company. Uh, called the Republic of Korea, R-O-K. Now, this is the, 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 the sneaky part. See, when you're tired, and most Americans are tired, and I believe this is what they were banking on, you, you, you hear in the back of your mind, oh, you're sending out a book, Power From On High, to the Republic of Korea. So you're, you know, it's at the end of the day. So you're making the false assumption that that this Republic of, of Korea is is referring to the free South Korea, because after all, South Korea buys and sells, you know, cars and everything with the United States. We have an open trading relationship. As far as I know, we don't have an open trading relationship with. The Republic of Korea. The Republic of Korea is not the same thing as South Korea, a free nation. Now, this term, the Republic of Korea, was was originally going back to I think 1947. It was originally the name the CIA gave to North Korea to distinguish it from South Korea. Okay. And uh, so that's sneaky because when you look at the the actual full uh, definition and verbiage of this so-called Republic of Korea, which is very misleading, because people automatically assume you're talking about South Korea, a free nation. When the entire title of the Republic of Korea is spelled out. And I don't have anything in front of me, but it, but it reads something like this. It's, it's not just the Republic of Korea. It's the Republic of North Korea. And then it defines itself as a communist nation. But by so, so the, the full title of North Korea is a lot longer and includes references to the People's Republic and communism and et cetera, et cetera. Okay? So, um, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap designed to, to hit Americans when they're vulnerable, not paying attention, because it's their, their new title, the Republic of Korea, is created to deceive, in my opinion. Um, they're not clearly telling you that the Republic of Korea really is communist North Korea. So I get this order to buy power from on high, and somebody says, well, you got an order from the Republic of Korea. And then it's like the adrenaline kicks on. I don't care how tired I am. The adrenaline fires up in me, and I go, what? I said, that has got to be a communist country, and that has got to be uh, like a front name for communist North Korea. 
Okay. And so as you look it up, like in Wikipedia and stuff, you see that there's a lot more verbiage and words besides Republic of Korea, words that clearly define the Republic of Korea as North Korea, as a communist nation, as a people's republic dedicated to um, uh, the advance of communism. It's a total dictatorship. Now, I immediately canceled the sale. Why? I don't do business with a, con a hardcore communist nation, no matter what they call themselves. And the fact that they use deceit in attempting to get the book tells me they're up to no good. Now, you say to yourself, well, why would they order from you? I'm not going to say over the air why they would order from me, but I will give you some potential hints, because I don't like to give the enemies of the United States of America information. And by the way, I, I, there was a total discontinuation of communication. I canceled their order, and that's it. Why? Because they are imprisoning and persecuting our brothers in Jesus Christ in North Korea. So we have, you know, and, and if you have this naive notion that you're going to send them something to communist North Korea, and you're going to, you know, these will be seeds of evangelism, I hate to break it to you, I'm not a fool. And that's exactly what they're betting on. Some dumbbell, you know, Christian who thinks he's going to spread the gospel. You're not spreading the gospel. When you are dealing, when you're dealing with hardcore communist countries like the Republic of Korea and the Republic of uh, China, communist China and, and Russia and stuff, when you're dealing with any business, with any corporation, you're not dealing like you are in America with a private business corporation. What you're actually dealing with is the communist secret police of North Korea or of China or of Russia. So I would be really, if I was to, to have done this, which I did not, I would be sending the information to the communist secret police of North Korea. Now, they would want my book for any number of reasons. They may want to know how they can get, how they can employ or weaponize power from on high. They may want to know the inside of the book because I'm just speculating. I mean, I don't have a definitive because I'm just speculating out loud. Uh, they may want to know the verbiage, the thinking, the mindset, the worldview to use for their propaganda purposes, or because they want an advanced understanding of the psychodynamics and psychoculture of the United States of America. In any case, I shut it down. And I would suggest that you do the same thing. If you're getting, you know, communication from a communist nation, don't respond because they're up to no good and you want nothing to do with them. And I want nothing to do with them. Now, if they were freeing Christians and they were sincere, that might be a different story. But I would only do it, by the way, through official sanctioned U.S. government channels at the highest level. I would never, especially in dealing with a communist nation, I would never deal with a communist nation uh, by attempting to go around our official, highest level uh, U.S. government-sanctioned uh, departments and security agents. 
I forgot the name of this uh, athlete. You, you, you caught it in the news. This athlete was bashing America. I don't bash America, by the way. I'm a patriotic American. But this, this athlete was bashing America left and right. And I think she got locked up. I think it was a she. I only caught part of it. Uh, whoever this person was got locked up in a communist jail cell and a communist re-education camp. Well, you know why? Because you did something stupid. You don't go around the protections of the United States government and enter a communist nation, which doesn't have any rights at all. I mean, we have rights in the United States of America, let's be clear. So there this person was, stuck in a communist nation, maybe never allowed to come back. But you notice when they came back, I didn't see any repentance. I could be wrong. I'll change what I said. But I didn't see any repentance or sorrow for insulting and belittling and tearing down America from a communist nation. You know, many of these American celebrities who go to Cuba, who visit Fidel, uh, you know, film directors, actors, stars who go to Argentina and stuff and other places. Uh, I hate to break it to you, but you're naive. You're being used as a anti-American propaganda campaign. Your very presence, your very televised footage where you criticize America and accuse America of being something less than it is, whether you know it or not, you're functioning as a disinformation agent against your own nation. I'm not going to do that. I may not agree with everything in America, I, you know. But whether it's Republican or Democrat, I'm an American. Does that mean I like everything the Democrats say? No. Does it mean I like everything the Republicans say? No. But I have a responsibility as a citizen of the United States to, to stand by the freedoms, however imperfect we are, in the United States of America and not allow myself to be used in some psychological warfare uh, operation. This is a war between light and darkness. It's a spiritual warfare and freedom and tyranny. And you see, the light is being forced out of the communist nations, whether it's the Republic of Korea or communist China or communist Russia or Cuba or whatever. The light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the light of the truth of God's word, is what makes America completely different and unique and the false light in the communist nations. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. We have a nation and a world to win. We win it by speaking the truth in love. We win it by being loyal and patriotic to our nation. We win it by standing up for truth and always recognizing that knowledge and truth are power. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Please visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. We have a whole bunch of my books at a great discount right now. You simply go to paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, get yourself a copy of Power from on High, the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, Conquering the Matrix, The Day the Dollar Died, and many other books, ton, hundreds of hours of free videos free audios, thousands of hours of free Paul McGuire Report radio archives, 
I have, I don't know what, 48 books I've written uh, for you to take advantage of. And spread our links, spread the books far and wide, because we're in a battle of truth against error. And this battle between truth against error transcends mere uh, conservative versus liberal politics, and it transcends mere uh, Republican politics versus Democratic politics. Transcends that. The battle's greater than that. Okay, the other thing is you need to you need to join my Roku channel. You get hundreds of hours of free programming. You know, what we're always up against is lies and liars. It's amazing to me how people who are liars, even when they know the truth, there are people on the internet who continue to publish a flat out lie that Paradise Mountain Church is not a church. It's it's a it's a mailbox. That is a deliberate methodical lie. Why? Because, of course, we, like many churches, have a mailbox. We've never claimed for a moment that our mailbox is a church, or vice versa. That's a lie. So when people say that, and somebody said it the other day, they're lying. That tells you all you need to know about them. Now, I'm not asking you to take my word. All you've got to do is go to paulmcguire.us, and you will see, for free, for you to watch, for free, you will see hundreds of hours of my preaching and teaching from Paradise Mountain Church over the last, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. Hundreds of hours of preaching from Paradise Mountain Church lasting at least 100 to 200 hours or more. And that's because Paradise Mountain Church from the beginning has rented uh, sometimes very expensive hotel facilities in which to conduct our Paradise Mountain Church meetings. And the list of those churches, the address and the time, and videos have always been available. So you would have to methodically and deliberately calculate to lie in order to say there's no Paradise Mountain Church. All you got to do is go to paulmcguire.us, watch the Paradise Mountain Church messages I've given over 15 and 20 years, and you will see that we're for real. But you see, people don't tell the truth. They, they want to win their argument by lying, and it doesn't work. I'll give you an example. This girl called up. Obviously, she was all hyped up by these one or two people publishing lies about me and our church. And she was just filled with pride, but filled with stupidity equally. And she tried to get me, occasionally, if people don't like my message, uh, Christians, uh, they'll try to get me kicked off a uh, a conference or whatever. Not once have they succeeded, by the way. Not once has a, a Christian conference promoter kicked me off the you know top speakers roster. Never. Every because first of all, they all know me for years. Second of all, if they need to check up on me, it's obvious that I'm telling the truth and that I'm the real deal. I have a, I have endorsements from some of the most powerful and respected Christian leaders in the world. So this girl calls up Chuck Misler's ministry. She's trying to get me bounced off uh, the, the official speaker's roster. Well, I know before Chuck Misler went home to be with the Lord, I've known Chuck Misler for, I don't know, 30 years. He used to come in person to my radio show. I've spoken at conferences with him. Uh, he's spoken at, at radio uh, conferences that I've held. We know each other. I know his staff. His staff knows me. 
over a long period of time. So she calls up and starts to tell a lie about him. So they honor her and do their due diligence because that's what she, they challenge them to do. And they came back with an overwhelming amount of factual information proving uh, the reality of Paradise Mountain Church and the integrity of who I am. And so Chuck Misler, when he was still alive and his staff, simply said to the girl, you're totally incorrect. You don't know what you're talking about. And the person who keeps publishing this has not retracted these falsehoods. Uh, they, they keep publishing them year after year, and they're completely false. We know Paul McGuire personally. We've attended his Paradise Mountain Church. It's real. And just because he uses a, a P.O. box to, to do mail collection, which most ministries to do, most ministries do, doesn't mean Paradise Mountain Church uh, is not for real. So you see, this is what you deal with. So I need you to defend me uh, in many ways and help spread our message. message. Far and wide, because that's a way of attacking us. When any, when then, when then, whenever somebody lies about you, tries to undermine you, it's out, it's always about a war against your credibility. It's always a methodical attempt to erode your influence. But in every particular case, it fails because I've spent a lifetime networking with major Christian leaders, primarily in the United States, but also out of the United States, who know me personally. And they will vouch for me because they know me personally. Okay, I need you to support me financially. I need you to pray for me. I need you to spread our message far and wide. I'm Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us, and together we can win the spiritual war. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire.